you have your Bibles this morning, I encourage you to follow along with me if you can. I'm going to show you some truths about life. and There's a lot of truths about life you'll find in the Word of God. And uh, about the only place you will find the truth. A lot of, the world's real good at trying to hide the truth from you. I mean, you, if you, you know that if you've been following any kind of the politics or what's been going on in the world through the news media. But just the truths of living day-to-day life. It's all found right here in the Word of God. And the truth is uh, why we're having to live that kind of life. And that's what we're going to look at this morning, the, the truth of life and uh, the curses of living. The curses of living. It's found there in uh, Genesis chapter 3. I'm going to be there in verse 11. Now, y'all know the story. Satan uh, deceives Eve. She eats of the fruit. She gives it to Adam. Adam eats of the fruit. They both realize that they're naked. They sow fig leaves together. The Lord shows up looking for them. When the Lord shows up looking for them, they say that they, I was afraid of you because I was naked and I hid myself. That's their answer to the Lord. So the Lord goes on in verse 11 and he said, verse 11 is the Lord speaking. He said, who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, the woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I did eat. So the first thing a man's going to do is he's going to blame God, and then he's going to blame his woman. That's what he's going to do right there. You're the one that gave me this woman. She did it, and then I ate. So it's, a, it's always putting the blame on somebody else. So what's Eve going to do? Well, she's going to turn around in verse 13. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. Well, she's going to blame the devil. The devil made me do it. So in the world we live in today, man always has an excuse for why he lives the way he lives. He's got an excuse for it, and, and the Bible says every man's justified in his own eyes. We, have, we make up these reasons of why we did this, this sin or whatever we did. But, of course, when it comes to somebody else, we're ready to hang them. Yes. Yeah, I hear this all the time. I sit in a break room there, and the men, they talk about somebody's doing something. And I, I was messing around. I, well, I was, wasn't messing around. We were talking about this situation happening in Brownwood. And I said, boy, I tell you what, if I was on a jury with the information I know, I'd hang them. And then I said, no, nah, I don't mean hang them. I mean that I would definitely convict them because they're guilty. And a, a friend of mine spoke up and he goes, well, i tell you what I'd do. I would hang them. And that kind of brought to mind that, man, we're so quick to hang people high when it's somebody else. But if we're the ones that does, does the sin, then we no, no, that's okay. I, I have a good excuse for it. You know, that woman you gave me, God. God, it's your fault. You're the one that made me this way. And Eve, of course, says, it's the devil's fault. The devil made me do it. Verse 14, And the Lord God said unto the serpent, because thou hast done this, and thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field, upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Verse 15, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. The first prophecy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, of him destroying the serpent's seed. Notice, we always look at that prophecy showing that it's talking about the seed of the woman, which we know to be Jesus Christ, but the prophecy also is there's a seed of the serpent. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ told the Pharisees, you're of your father, the devil. So kind of remember that. But that's not what I want to focus on. I want to focus on the rest of these verses. Verse 16, unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and has eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall bring forth to thee. And thou shalt eat the herb of the field. 
In the sweat of thy face thou shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken. For dust thou art, unto dust shalt thou return. Now, I want to preach this morning on the four curses of living. There's curses, you, there's curses to living, just living everyday life, day in and day out. There's curses that have been put on you by God. God put them on us, and it's because of Adam. Our great, 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 granddad. And I don't know if I added enough greats there, but you can just add it up for yourself. So what you'll see here in verses 17 through 19, you're going to see there's four main aspects of this curse. You're going to see that there's sorrow, end of verse 17. And for thy sake, in sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. The second curse is, is basically is, 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 uh, put together as pain. The second curse is pain. It's found there in verse 18. Thorns also and thistles. That represents the pain that man deals with in everyday living. So there's sorrow, there's pain. And then verse 19, in the sweat of thy face, sweat and tears. Sweat and tears. And then at the end of verse 19, the obvious one, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. Amen. Death. So these four curses... These four curses, they're basically broke down into the four main aspects of these curses are sorrow, pain, sweat and tears, and death. Every human being that's born into this world deals with all four of these. Everybody. And they're a curse that was put on us by God because of what Adam and Eve did in the very beginning. The Bible explains to us why we're living in the world we're living in right now. And I want to preach that preach on that this morning, the curses of living. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, Lord, you know I'm a nobody. I'm sorry, no good, Father. You know I just got sin, Father, and I just pray you cleanse me and wash me in the precious blood of Jesus Christ, Father. These people come in this morning, Lord God, they didn't come in to hear from me or to hear my philosophy or my uh, uh, ideas of life, Lord God. They want to hear from you. And Father, I just pray it'll be your Holy Spirit that moves, Father. It'll be words that come from you, Father, won't be coming from me. And Father, I just pray you use me for your honor and glory, Lord God, I pray, Father, that as you feed these people, Lord God, and feed us, Lord, it'll be like holy manna coming down from heaven, Father. Lord, I just pray, Father, that you'll fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, I just pray you build a hedge of protection around every heart underneath the sound of my voice, Father. Lord, I just pray you move this morning, Father. I just pray, Lord, that you'll forgive us, Lord, where we fail you, Lord. But, Father, we want to hear from you. We want to learn from you. We want to grow in grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, Lord. We know it can't happen without you. Father, we just pray, Lord, and I pray, Father, as I continue through this service, Lord, that uh, you'll use these words and they'll come off the page at us, Lord, and we'll, we'll, we'll be healed up. We'll understand what you've got going on for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray, amen. All right, so the curses of living. There are four curses to living, sorrow, pain, sweat, and tears, and death. These curses have been plaguing mankind since the beginning. Every human being I've said that comes into the world, they have to deal with these, these four curses in separate ways and different ways. The first curse found there in first seven, verse 17 is the curse of sorrow. The curse of sorrow. Man has invented all kinds of different ways to try to take care of the sorrow that man lives with, with living in this world. They've, they've invented all kinds of, man's invented all kinds of different ways to try to deal with this. There's thousands upon thousands of trained psychologists whose main job is to help men and women deal with the sorrow of living. That's their main job. They sit you down and they talk to you and they try to help you to deal with the sorrow of living. 
Now, mankind has also invented during the years, have invented drugs to try to help us, to try to drug our brains and, and, and trick our brains into thinking we're not as sorrowful as we are, we're not as depressed as we are, but it's still there. The sorrow is there, and I'm not trying to take away from anybody who, who needs to take some medicine to help them. I'm not trying to tell you not to take your medicine. I'm just trying to tell you this is why you're having to take the medicine. And we deal with all, all of us deal with sorrows of some way and of some kind. And why, why are we so sorrowful? We're living in a society that has more ways to entertain you than anything you could ever imagine. You've got a TV. You've got a cell phone. You've got, you're being entertained 24 hours a day. There, there's, you, it used to be that at 11 o'clock at night, and sometimes 12, the TV would go off. It would be They'd play a taps or play, not taps, but they'd play some music, show the American flag, and then you couldn't watch TV after so long. It's time to go to bed. Not in the society we live in today. You have 24 hours access to be entertained, to take away your sorrow, to keep you, to make you happy. You've got, you've got, there's uh, theme parks that are designed just for you to show up, spend every penny you got in your pocket, and they'll make you happy. As you're buying an $8 Coke, and you're paying, you know, you're buying a $20 popcorn. They're making you happy, and they're putting you on a roller coaster. We have, as a society, come up with every way imaginable to keep you happy. So why is everybody so sorrowful? Say, so, well, I don't know people are sorrowful. Then why is the suicide rate higher than it's ever been? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make, unless there's been a curse put on me and you. And there has been a curse being put on me and you. Man, in this society we live in, speaking of sorrow, man has, uh, can live practically any way he wants to live. There might have been a time where you say, well, I'm sorrowful because I can't be me. <laughs> well, you can be you now. You can, you can have the color of hair you want. You want pink hair? You want purple hair? You want green hair? I've seen them all. You say, well, I, can't, I want to have polka dot hair. I haven't seen polka dot hair yet, but I bet you it's coming. You can dress however you want to dress. Go down to Walmart, check that out. You can wear whatever you want to wear. You can talk however you want to talk. You can conduct your sexual life any way you want to conduct your sexual life. You can live whatever you want to live. So why is somebody so sad and sorrowful? Why is somebody so mad and twisted around? It doesn't make any sense unless there's been a curse put on us. And it's been a curse that's been on us for 6,000 years. There's also been a curse there found in verse 18 of pain. Thorns, ossels, and thistles. That curse of pain is signified by the thorns. Everybody on the sound of my voice has dealt with pain in some way or another. A lot of the young atheists that I run into, atheists, they tend to be younger, and they're in their early 20s, and the reason why they're atheists is because they have not dealt with these curses of life yet. They're young, they haven't really dealt with a lot of pain, they haven't dealt with a lot of sorrow, they haven't dealt with a lot of sweat and tears. They're usually little punks that are driving in their mom and dad's truck that the mom and dad bought them, and they're telling me how there is no God living off mom and dad, you know. Get out of here. You don't know what life is like. You haven't had experiences like I've had living in sorrow and pain and sweat and tears and death. And the older atheists that I meet, the older atheists I meet, what I found out when I get to talk to them and witnessing to them, what I found out is they have experienced one of these sorrows or pains or death, and they're blaming God for it. If God is God and he's all love, then why did he do this or why did he do that? 
I had to deal with that almost on a weekly basis when I witnessed to people. They're mad at God and blaming God because of one of these four cur curses that they've had to deal with in their life. Even Christians, even Christians deal with this. Man has done everything he can to break this curse of pain through medicine, and still we deal with pain. You say, yeah, uh, we're, doing, we're, doing, we're doing a better job, Brother Keegan. Yeah, we're doing a better job, but I, I give God, that credit to God. I think that's God's grace, that he's given the wisdom to the doctors so I can go in and, ha and ha have a, a, a shot given so he can pull that tooth out and it won't hurt as bad. Or we can have the medicine given to us to help us heal some of this. Those are graces that I give credit to God for the wisdom he's given the doctors to be able to do that. He's, that's gr God's grace. But the curse is still there. You're still having to do it. And people are still living in pain. You say, how, how, why do you say that? If, if you don't believe me, turn on the TV and see, count how many commercials have to do with drugs and dealing with pain and dealing with, it's just all through. People are so sick. And I think that leads to verse 19. The third curse been put on mankind is the curse of the sweat of the face. It's sweat and tears. In the, in the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat the bread. It's the curse of the sweat and tears. And of course, like any other curse that God's put on mankind, mankind has been trying to deal with getting rid of that curse. And we have that sitting in these windows right here. The air conditioners. Nobody wants to sweat, so we have air conditioners. And mankind's invented air conditioners to try to keep us from sweating. I think that's why so many of us are sick. Because we're not sweating enough. And finally, the last curse, the fourth curse. All, all these are signified and all these curses of, of uh, the life we have to live is found there at the end of verse 19. For dust thou art, and it's a dust shalt thou return. Now you might argue with me, say, I'm not sorrowful. You might argue with me and say, well, I don't have pain. I'm, I'm like Superman. There's all kinds of people who want to argue. But you can't argue this one right here. Amen. You might go through life living a lie. I'm not depressed. I'm not sad. I'm not sorrowful. You might be pain, and I, I, grew, <laughs> I grew up with a guy that we built this ramp, and we put bricks underneath this board. Y'all know where this is going. So we, we took this board, and we put all these bricks underneath there, and we we're going to jump that with our little bicycles. We're going to jump that ramp. Well, we decided to do it in an alley. So we're jumping that ramp, and here comes this friend of mine. He jumps that ramp, and boy, he lands wrong, and there's a, there's a dumpster, a metal dumpster right there. And he lands wrong, and boom, hits that dumpster and goes flying over his window, uh, his, his handlebars on his bicycle. Man, that had to hurt. Man, that had to hurt. And of course, you know me, I started laughing instantly. As soon as I see him flying off the front of those handlebars, I bust out laughing at him, and he hears me laughing at him. He jumps out. You know what the first words out of his mouth are? I meant to do that. I meant to do that. Are you hurt? No, no, I'm not hurt. I'm not hurt the whole time he's holding his arm. I'm okay. I'm not hurt. I'm not hurt. That's people. They, go, they might be 70 years old. I'm not hurt. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm not sorrowful. I'm not crying. I don't have any pain. Everything's okay with me. Don't worry about me. I'm not sweating. No sweat. No sweat. There's no sweat. I'm okay. Uh, I see you laying in that coffin. What do you got to say now? Amen. Something was going on in your whole life. You never admitted it. And it's going to take somebody dying for you to admit it. 100% of people die the Bible says this is 100% why, right here. Genesis chapter 3. Because Adam and Eve ate of the fruit, and God said, if you eat that fruit, ye shall die. Amen. Satan said, ye shall not die. So somebody lied to somebody. Well, my God said, you're going to die. Satan said, you won't die. Well, Satan, you're a liar, because I've been to and preached a lot of funerals. 
You say, well, I, I'm going to cure pain. You might cure pain, and we have had did a pretty good job of curing pain. And we've been a good, did a good job of getting people healed up. And I believe in prayer, and I believe in medicine. But guys, if we was to have a, if we was to have a slap in the head type prayer service, we bring people down here, slap them in their forehead, and heal them of whatever disease they have, they can jump up and throw their cane away and say, look, I can walk, or I, I was blind, and now I can see. You're still going to die. Everybody Jesus Christ healed in the New Testament. You know what happened to them? They died. Amen. They bit the dust. They bit the dust. Just what it says there at the end of verse 19. For dust thou art, and to dust shalt thou return. Four curses been God's put on mankind. Bad news, man. Bad news. So I want to give you some good news. <laughs> I gave you all the bad news. All y'all can, amen, amen, I believe that. I see that. I live and I'm par. I'm sorrowful. I'm depressed. I got some pain here in my back. Everybody deals with this stuff, but I got some good news for you. Amen. That good news is Jesus Christ. Because in Galatians chapter 3, Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, God tells us, through the word of God says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is every one that hangeth on a tree. Your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, He took on that curse for me and you. When our Lord God manifest Himself out through Jesus Christ, He was taken on that curse that He had cursed man with. So God, the Lord God's the one that cursed man. Amen, we read it. Well, Jesus Christ is the Lord God manifest in the flesh. 1 Timothy 3.16. So what God says, I'm going to curse you, and then I'm going to come down, and I'm going to live it under that curse. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, as I'm going to show you through Scripture, dealt with all four of these curses that me and you are dealing with. All four of them. The Lord cursed them, and then He come down and He lived in them. Through Jesus Christ. Turn to Isaiah 53. And I'm going to show you through scripture. Where our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He took on all four of these curses. And bore them for me and you. He did it for me and you. Right. Isaiah 53. He did it for me. And he did it for you. I'm nothing special. I'm just telling you. I've received that salvation in Jesus Christ. And you can too. It's nothing, it's something special I did. I just put my faith in Jesus Christ and the work he did on the cross because that's where the curse was put. All those curses were put on the cross because cursed is everybody that hangs on a cross. And Jesus Christ is that curse. So all those curses that God cursed my great, 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 great granddad with Adam, he put on Jesus Christ on the cross. Now, Jesus Christ bore that. Look at Isaiah 53, verse 3. The first curse we know to be the curse of Sarah. Sarah. Look at Isaiah 53.3. He is despised. Speak, this, is, this is a prophecy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows. And acquainted with grief. Jesus Christ knows what it's like to be grieving. Are you grieving in here over something? The Lord Jesus Christ knows what that's like. He grieves too. He did grieve. He grieved through all that. He's acquainted with grief. I like what the Bible says about Jesus Christ in Hebrews chapter 4. It says, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, it said to him, he said, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Right. 
He is touched by our infirmities. He's touched by our weaknesses. He's touched when we're sorrowful. He's touched when we're weak. Guys, sometimes uh, the world will tell you you need to toughen up. And uh, you just can't. I've had people come up to me when I was dealing with some depression about uh, my ex-wife and, and stuff like that. And they come up to me and they, this is what they tell me. You just need to get over it. Well, that sounds good. And yeah, I would love to be like John Wayne and just get over it, but it just don't, it didn't happen for me. Now, you might be tough enough to just get over it, but I didn't just get over it. I had sorrow there. I had some pain there. I had some sweat and tears there. And I had to let the Lord Jesus Christ work in me, Amen. help me out with that. The world will give you advice sometimes it's not very good, but our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ he, had, he says he is despised and rejected man, men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Look at verse 4. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Praise the Lord. You got some sorrow, he'll carry them for you. You got some grief this morning, he'll carry it for you. He wants to put it. Uh, he says, put it on my shoulders. I'm strong enough. He said, well, Lord, I'm weak. I can't, I can't handle this, Lord. I, I, I just don't know what to do, Lord. I can't take I know you can't. Now take it and put it on me. Amen. Peter told us in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Amen. You got some cares in this world? Of course you do. Everybody does. Instead of trying to cast them on your psychologist or cast them on something else, why don't you take those cares and cast them on to Jesus Christ? Amen. I would never tell a man or woman how to live, but I would always tell a man or a woman, the first thing you should always do is take whatever problem, pain you have, sorrow, and cast it at Jesus Christ. Amen. And go from there. And if you have, to go, you have to cast it at Jesus Christ, say, well, I, I, I had to take some medicine too. Take some medicine. But the very first thing you should do is go to Jesus Christ. Amen. And cast all those sorrows and cares on him. It says that he was, he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Mighty big shoulders. Because I have a lot of sorrows. Amen. I have a lot of griefs. And that's just mine. I'm not speaking for you guys. That's a lot of grief. That's a lot of sorrow that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ put on him. No man could do that. But the Son of God can. No son of man, no son of Adam can do that. He can if he is also the Son of God. Amen. God manifests in the flesh. He can do that. It's something me and you can't do. I like what, uh, and you don't turn there, but I like what uh, Jesus Christ told, told Paul. In 2 uh, Corinthians chapter uh, 12, I love what uh, Jesus Christ told Paul because Paul was complaining and said, I, 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 don't, I can't bear this, I can't bear this. And I like what Jesus Christ said, he said, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. I've got the grace to bear it. I'll give you the grace to handle it. Look what he says to Paul, for my strength, Jesus Christ's strength, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Amen. Jesus Christ says, you want me to show you how strong I am? You show me how weak you are. Okay, I'm going to say that again. Jesus Christ says to Paul, you want me to show you how strong I can be? I want you to show me how weak you can be. Amen. See, some of us are trying to carry it and be strong. We shouldn't be. Some of us are trying to be tough. 
Us men are the world's worst about that. I'm not crying. I'm okay. Everything's okay. The Lord says, won't you show me how weak you are, and then I'll show you how strong I can be. Amen. I've lived it personally in my Christian walk, in my day-to-day life. I've lived it where I had to admit that I was wrong. I had to admit that I was weak. And I've seen Jesus Christ come in and do some amazing things in my heart. But it first took me humbling down and saying, I can't do it. I'm too weak. And the Lord shows up and says, yeah, I know. But that's where I'm the strongest. Amen. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul says, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Amen. Marvelous scripture. Marvelous scripture for any of us dealing with sorrows, with pains, with any of these curses that God has put on us through Adam. Because this is Adam's fault. It's not mine and your fault. What did that little baby do that deserved to have that put on him? Nothing. Amen. <laughs> he got that from Adam. Passed it on. That's what the Bible says in, in Romans chapter 5. It was passed from Adam. Adam passed it on to his kids. And look where it's at. It's passed on to you. That's not fair. No. Not really. But it's not fair that Jesus Christ could come down and die for all our sins either. Because <laughs> I have people tell me that. Well, I don't think that's right. Jesus Christ died. That person should pay for those sins. He did pay for those sins. Well, what do you mean? He did on the cross. Jesus Christ paid for them. <laughs> That's where they're paid, right there on the cross. That's where they all were put. All the murder and uh, molestation and raping and killing and lying and stealing and backbiting. All that was put on Jesus at the cross. That's where all those sins are at. That's where, they, that's where they're put. Does that person deserve to die for what they did? Probably. But he did on the cross. Jesus died for him on the cross in God's eyes. Now we're still going to pay for what we do down here. God is not mocked. Whatever man soweth, that shall he also reap. You're going to pay. You might be in prison the rest of your life. You might go to the death penalty. But you still got salvation in Jesus Christ. Amen. You might have to pay the worldly payment, but the heavenly, the spiritual payment has been paid on the cross. Amen. People don't like that. They don't, they don't get that. In Isaiah 53, 5, that, that, second, that second curse has put on us a pain. That was signified by the thorns. Look at verse 5. But we, but excuse me, but he, Jesus Christ, was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Amen. He took, he bore all that pain. He bore all that suffering that you're suffering right now. He bore it all. He bore it all. Look at Mark 15. Look at Mark chapter 15. Jesus Christ bore all that for us. Mark chapter 15. Mark chapter 15, verse 15. Jesus Christ, the curse of pain, Jesus Christ dealt with it. The Bible says that Jesus Christ was a man of sorrows. He had to deal with that curse of sorrow. The same thing me and you deal with. You're dealing with pain, so did Jesus Christ. Look at verse 15, chapter 15, 15 of Mark. And so Pilate, willing to content the people, released Barabbas unto them and delivered Jesus when he had scourged him to be crucified. Now let me stop there. See how you just, I just read over that word scourged? That's, a, that's not something you want happening to you. 
And it's easy when we're doing our Bible reading or I'm up here preaching, I just read over a word and we don't stop. I wish I had a way just to bring somebody up here and say, okay, we're going to do some scourging for about 30 minutes. And then I'll continue. The, we'll probably have this whole altar right here be down here, people on their knees. That's what happened to Jesus. Amen. For mine and your sins. Okay, that's what we just read. Verse 16. And the soldiers led him away into the hall, called Praetorium, and they called, and they called together the whole band. And they clothed him with purple, making fun of him being a king, and plaited a crown of thorns and put it about his head. There's that, there's that, that thorn, that crown. He, they took a crown just like this, and they placed it down on him and shoved those thorns down on him. The pain, the thorns and the thistles. Jesus Christ literally carried the thorns for us. Amen. Look what they do to him next. And began to salute him, hell, king of the Jews. And they smote him on the head with a reed. There's an illustration. Bring somebody up here and just get a, just get a baseball bat, a little baseball bat, and start just beating them right in the head. And did spit upon him. And bowing their knees, worshipped him. They were mocking him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple from him and put his own clothes on him. And look, it led him out to crucify him. I don't need to go into the description of crucifixion. I think everybody gets that. But you're understanding that Jesus Christ did carry that pain for us. He did carry that. He carried it for us. The beating, the scourging, the crucifixion, it was all for us. And he had to do it because he is the son of man, the son of Adam. Just like you're a son of Adam. Yes. You're cursed. Everybody needs the sound of my voice is cursed. Right. We know it. We have a little bit of uh, times of joy and happiness. We try to dull it out, but we're all cursed. That day of death is coming. And you can drown it out with drugs or alcohol or sex or work or money or your relationship with your wife or husband or whatever. You can drown all that out. But let me tell you something. That clock is ticking. One day at a time. And it's just slowly coming. Amen. God is dealing with this through Jesus Christ. He's taking on that curse. Look at Luke chapter 22. I'm going to show you the third one. Luke 22, Jesus Christ took on the sweat and the tears. Luke 22. We got a wonderful Savior in Jesus Christ. I, 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 know I, I know I'm trying to show you what he's did, but I, I hope you understand that this isn't just any Savior. What the Bible shows us is what no other religion shows us. The Bible shows us that there, this is the reason why things are the way they are. And then the Bible says, this is how God's going to fix it. Amen. And God says, the reason they're like that is because of you. And then I'm going to come in here and I'm going to fix it for you. Amen. But that only can happen through one man. And that's the man we're looking at. The man, Jesus Christ. Amen. Muhammad didn't take these curses on. I'm not telling you Muhammad didn't have pain and sorrow. But he didn't bear my curses for me. Same way with Buddha. You just name them. They, they didn't do anything for me. That's what makes Jesus so special. Look here at verse 44. Luke chapter 22. Verse 44. That third curse of sweat and tears. Look at our Lord and Savior how he took that on. And being in an agony. He's praying in the garden of Gethsemane. They're about to arrest him. He knows he's about to be crucified. Look at verse 44. And being in agony. He prayed more earnestly. And his sweat 
was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Amen. Now, that's some sweat, brothers and sisters. That's some, that's some sweat. And you say, well, it's like drops of blood. That's actually, if you look it up, that's actually a medical condition that can be brought about by stress. That your sweat will start looking like blood. It'll get reddish. Uh, it's, it's a medical condition. I can't hardly say it, but it's called hematohydrosis. It's, it's real. Our Lord and Savior took on so much of our burdens Amen. that his sweat and tears, his sweat literally looked like blood. Amen. Like great sweat drops of blood as he took them down. What I like about this, and it shows what I love about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, is that he wasn't just a talker, he was a walker. Amen. He put in the sweat and the tears. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, put in the hard work. He put in the hard work. I remember being in class, and it's, it's funny how little things make a big impression on you. I was in class, and Dr. Ruckman was showing some pictures, I guess, Gustav Doré, up on the transparency of Gustav Doré, some stuff he did of, of Jesus Christ and some pictures of Jesus Christ. And there was one of Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ was laying there and, and, and at the crucifixion, and they just took his body down, and, and, and Dr. Ruckman said, I don't like that one. He's too fat in that picture. And it, it never occurred to me, I look at it, he goes, he's got too much of a belly in that picture. That's not how Jesus Christ was. And I thought to myself, Jesus Christ wouldn't have had six-pack abs, Doc. Well, well, <laughs> Jesus Christ wasn't doing sick, you know, wasn't do, but I knew what he meant. It took me a while to understand what he meant. What he meant was Jesus Christ wasn't some uh, pudgy roly-poly. Jesus Christ was a man's man. He was a worker, a hard worker. You won't find a place in the Bible where Jesus Christ is slacking off. Amen. And you say, the only time you'll find Jesus Christ slacking off, he's up on a mountain praying earnestly. Jesus Christ was a worker walking here, walking there, walking town to town, ministering, staying up all times of day and night, ministering, healing people. Jesus Christ, he put in the sweat and the tears for me and you. You go to work, you put in the sweat and the tears to feed your family. Jesus Christ understands. Amen. You come to me sometimes and say, Brother Keegan, I, I, did, I didn't make it to church last Sunday. I, I worked all night. I was tired. I said, hey, I understand. And I, I believe the Lord Jesus Christ understands too because he's a hard worker. Amen. I mean, I'm not, I'm not telling you to make excuses for not coming into church, but we're not serving a Savior that doesn't understand. And I, we're not in a legalistic system where if you're not here, you're backslidden from the Lord. That's between you and the Lord. I think it's important to go to church. But the point is, is that we, like Jesus Christ, sweat it and we have tears. We, get, we try to do our hard work. We try to feed our family. And the Lord Jesus Christ completely understands that to the point where he sweat out those sweats, drops like blood. John 19, John 19, verse 30. John 19, verse 30. I'm going to show you where he takes on the last one. So he's took on the sorrow. He's took on the pain. He's took on the sweat and tears in the last one. John 19, verse 30. It's a simple one, but y'all know what happened. But I want to read it. Show you out of, I promise you I'd show you to you out of Scripture that it happened. John chapter 19, verse 30. When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar... He said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Amen. The last curse that uh, he took on was the curse of death, which we all are going to take on. Unless Jesus Christ comes back, 
And I pray he will. I'd love for us to be up here and the Lord come back, man. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Just never taste death. Just boom. Ooh, here we go. Man, just meet all our loved ones in the air. I can't wait. But it's not promised to. I don't know. I can't promise you it's tonight. I can't promise you it's 10 years from now. Now, I believe it is. But I thought that, I thought that 10 years ago. I was under a pastor that said, I believe Jesus Christ is going to come back before I die. And I walked in there just recently and saw him laying in that coffin. And I said, well, didn't make it. (laughs) Didn't make it. But he believed it. And I believe it. I believe the Lord's coming back right now. And I got the belief out of the scriptures. But my point is, is that we're all going to taste that death. But don't fear. Jesus Christ tasted the death. Now, how are we for sure that Christ lifted that curse? I showed you where he lived it, and he bore it, and the Bible prophesied that he was going to be a man of sorrows, that he's going to bear our griefs, bear our burdens, bear our sins. He, bear, he sweated it out, teared, he cried. I can show you a place in the Bible where he cried. Jesus wept. He had pain. We see he tasted death, but how do we know that he took that off of us? Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the Bible tells us. 1 Corinthians 15, the Bible tells us how you can know it. This is what separates Jesus Christ from all the fakers. All the fakers. Every one of them. And I'm not trying to offend anybody, but if you're offended, it's because you don't have the truth. Jesus Christ is different than all the religious fakers you've ever read about or heard about or seen on TV. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, how do we know that he is the one? Verse 17, and if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, ye are yet in your sins. We know that Jesus Christ is the one that bore all that and is doing all that, is taking that curse off of us. We know all that because of this simple truth, the resurrection. The resurrection. I like it that Jesus Christ said, I am the resurrection. To Martha. Martha says, I believe in the resurrection. One day we're going to come up and Jesus Christ turns. No, Martha. I am the resurrection. It's me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man coming to the Father but by me. He's the one that bore our sins. And because of our knowing that Jesus Christ is alive forevermore and risen from the dead, we can be assured that he has took the curse off of us on that cross. That's the assurance. If Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, you're yet in your sins. If Christ didn't come up from the grave, we're still in sin, we're going to die just like Adam. Verse 18, Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. And all our loved ones that died before us, they're perished. It's done, it's finished. If Christ didn't come up. Look at verse 19, If in this life only... We have hope in Christ. We are of all men most miserable. That's a great point. If you're just thinking Christ is just for Christ is going to make your life better in this life, you don't get the point of Christ, of Jesus Christ. I say this all the time and I can't stress it enough. It's not having faith enough to believe that God is going to heal you. It's having the faith when God decides He's not going to heal you to keep believing. Christ is not for healing right here. If God, through Jesus Christ, 
heals you. You might be born crippled and heals you where you can walk the next day. Praise God, it's a miracle, but I got some bad news for you. You're still going to die. Amen. He's not for this life only. He's for the life to come. He's bore our sins and took that curse off of us so we can get into heaven. That's what this is all about. And if you're a Christian, if you're living this life, if you're living a Christian life, were you expecting Christ to be your ATM and to answer all your prayers on a moment's notice and everything be straight and you live in a bed of roses? You're a miserable Christian. And I know you are. That's why we have so many miserable Christians, because they don't understand that Jesus Christ is not for this little 70, 80, 90, 100-year-old life we're living. He's for eternity, Amen. eternal life. Amen. That's what he's promised us. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all men most miserable. But now, here we go, guys. Is Christ risen? But we know it. We know he's risen. All that stuff he, Paul talked about, that's foolishness. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. He's risen. Amen. He's the first fruits. He's the first one to do it. Here we go. He's going to live eternally. Amen. For since by man, that's Adam, came death, by man, Jesus Christ, came also the resurrection of the dead. Adam brought all this mess into the world, the four curses. Jesus Christ is going to bring it out through the resurrection. Amen. Hey, Adam brought death. Jesus Christ is bringing life. Amen. And you say, well, how can you believe in the resurrection? Amen. He didn't just die and stay in the ground and rot. He came up. Yeah. That's why the resurrection is so important to Christians. You can find the boons of Muhammad uh, the bones of Muhammad, it doesn't mean nothing to a, to a Muslim. You can find the bones of Buddhist. It doesn't mean nothing to the Muslim, to, to the Buddhist. But if you find the bones of Christ, you've ruined Christianity. But you're not going to. <laughs> that tomb is empty. And that's what makes the difference right there, brothers and sisters, is that resurrection of Jesus Christ. And why that's so important is because we have four curses that have been put on us, and Jesus Christ is going to lift all four of them off of us so we can get up into heaven. Well, look, for since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. Verse 22, for as in Adam all die 100%. Even so, in Christ shall all be made alive. Amen. Amen. Christ, in the Word of God, is called the last Adam. You have Adam, which we know in Genesis 3, and Jesus Christ is called the last Adam. He's it. He finishes it off. He fixes what the first Adam messed up. He got us all cursed. And we're all living under this curse that God cursed us. So Jesus Christ, as God manifests in the flesh, the Lord comes in, takes those curses on. He fulfills it on the cross. He resurrects so you'll know He's telling you the truth. And here we go. Amen. You got it. You got it. That's what that verse means. For as in Adam all died. That's right. Even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Amen. Big question. The biggest question I can ask you this morning, are you in Christ? You've got to be in Christ. Well, pastor, how do I get in Christ? Through receiving him as your Lord and Savior. Cry out the best way you know and say, Lord Jesus Christ, I know I'm a sinner. I've got sorrow, I've got pain. Lord, I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to pay for these sins. Lord, will you save me? 
And the Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. And you know what God will do? You won't, you won't see it physically, but spiritually, He'll take you. He'll, through the Holy Spirit, He'll baptize you, immerse you into the body of Christ. You'll be in Christ. Amen. So wherever Christ is, that's where you're at. Amen. It's a wonderful, wonderful promise. Are you in Christ? I know I'm in Christ. And it's nothing I did. It's what God did for me through Jesus Christ. Let me close by showing you Revelation chapter 21. Let me close by showing you Revelation chapter 21. Oh, man, we got to see it. How's this all end? But it all ends just like we want it to end. <laughs> it's a good ending, happy ending. I love the Lord God. He always has a happily ever after ending. Those are the best kind of endings. Look at Revelation chapter 21. Look at verse 4. Remember those four curses? Sorrow, pain, sweat, and tears, death. Look at verse 4, Revelation 21. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. There's the four curses. For the former things are passed away. Amen. There it is right there. That's what we call heaven. Where you're living and those curses that were put on Adam that have been transferred over to me and you, they're gone. Amen. No sorrow, no crying, no pain, and most importantly to me, no more death. Amen. Right there, there's your promise through Jesus Christ. Look at Revelation 22.3. Revelation 22.3, here it is. And this is as clear as it can be, guys, right here. Revelation 22, 3. And there shall be no more curse. Amen. But the throne of God and the Lamb, Jesus Christ, shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. Amen. Man. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads, and there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, need light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angels, showing to his servants the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Amen. What's the saying? The curse is about to be lifted. Amen. That curse that I described at the beginning, that everybody's living under, the sorrow you have, the pain, the, the tears and sweat you're having to do, the death that you're having to deal with, that's about to be a thing of the past, thanks to Jesus Christ. But it's only through Jesus Christ. You've got to get in Christ. Are you in Christ? Are you in Jesus Christ? Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Father, for Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you, Father, that you are willing to give us the punishment that we deserve in these four curses, Lord God, but to come down and take the punishment for us. Lord, I can't thank you enough for that. Can't thank you enough for Jesus Christ, Lord, and salvation in him, Lord. And I thank you, Father, for there coming a day, Lord, I can't wait for it to where these curses will be lifted off, Lord God, and we can be joyful and happy and live forevermore, Lord. We can't wait. And Lord, we do acknowledge that it's all through Jesus Christ, Lord. Now, if there's somebody that needs the sound of my voice that can't say they are in Christ, Lord, I just pray, Father, you speak to the heart the truth, Lord, and they'll get down on their knees and pray to you, call out to you, knowing you're a living Savior, knowing that they're a sinner, Lord God, and call out to you and ask, this, 
ask you to save them, Lord. And I pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you would go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3, verse 16, and most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's an amazing verse, of course, talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world. But verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it. And if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, Thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13 he sums it up. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you. And until next time. Casting all your care upon him